expectations. Hello and welcome back to Friends and Low Expectations, a day late and a dollar short. Uh, I don't know about the dollar short part, but we are definitely a day late, fellas. But, uh, you know, I mean, if anybody could slide me a dollar, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, if you if you can slide Keith a dollar, his Instagram, or not Instagram, his Venmo is uh, at Mr. Tyler K-1. Um, and that may or may not be true. So uh, just... Uh, <laughs> Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, we're kind of all matching in similar uh, shirt colors. That's kind of cool. Didn't didn't really plan this, but uh, yeah, going with the uh, the yeah. cream motif here. Cream, yeah, cream, cream, white, eggshell. I don't know. No. But uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be. Oh no, we lost Sam again. Oh man. Oh but, no, we are down oh. so bad. I'm back. You know, you know what I was realizing though, as I was listening back to last episode, <clears throat> the times where Sam cuts out on our end, he's actually like keeps talking in the in the audio, so it's like, it's like we don't hear what he says, but the but... the listeners still do. So I guess I guess that's a plus, but I don't know. Am I still here? Yeah, but you're here. Yeah, yeah, you're here yeah. now. Hmm. I was gone. That's an, that's an interesting um, conundrum we have there. It's because it records it and so it just syncs it up that way. Yeah, well, because like it never freezes. Side. Like y'all never freeze on my end, which is interesting. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, good on Riverside. Either way, great work. Shout out to <laughs> all around. Shout out to Riverside <laughs> for keeping us sounding competent. Well, actually, I mean, there's a case to be made that it makes us sound worse because <laughs> Philly and I yeah. just keep talking like, well, we hey. lost Sam. And on the playback, it's like you're just keeping talking. Just going. Just, like, just going. We're just looking <laughs> like, like idiots. idiots. <laughs> just vibing. You know, so. There's worse things. Know. There's worse things than sounding like idiots. Maybe. 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 You should, if you think, if you think like we sound like idiots here, you should we're, see we're our group chats. We're all the way back. We've been back. Uh, but we are back. Um, so back we never left. <laughs> if, uh, if you haven't had the pleasure of hearing my sweet voice over your mobile device or computer. Uh, my name is the Kamish. Not going to say anything. <laughs> Get a little happy. The listeners think, are going to hear every word. But I, I think, think that's I'm, your cue to play his audio. So Yeah, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play his intro now. I thought you were making me just look like an idiot, just <laughs> waiting for this to play. I was no, like, "No, you just prosing." <laughs> well, I mean, it's, again, oh. it's it's us. It's us looking bad, not you. Yeah, it's us. Um, we're the idiots for sure. I'm joined uh, by uh, my co-host Keith. Vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. And as always, on the ones and twos, our super producer Philly. No. Hey. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Here, uh, here's if I can get some feedback to Riverside. I know that you guys are listening to our podcast. Um, every time I go into our media things, you guys rearrange it. <laughs> so, like every time I go, like they're not in the same spot ever. Like sometimes <laughs> our intros are all together at the bottom, 
Sometimes they're spread out throughout the whole thing. And so it just makes it really difficult, and I wish you would fix it. So Maybe you have a spooky ghost in your computer. Just oh, a cheeky little bit of constructive feedback. Just no some constructive feedback, Riverside. You don't have to listen to me. We're not paying members of Riverside, so I get that we're probably down low on the totem pole here, but... Maybe someone's pranking you so hard right now. <laughs> so hard. You just got pranked. Got pranked so good. <laughs> oh man. But uh man, what a what a what a good week of fantasy outside of my fantasy results. Um I think we had a we had some pretty good matchups, some pretty we pretty did. close matchups. We some had really close and Carl like uh during our matchup over the weekend and um we were back and forth for a while. Um there's a point later in the in the first round of games where I kind of took a, a lead that I didn't really give back up, but for a while we were back and forth. One of our play, one of my players would make a big play, one of his players would make a big play, and I felt like that was kind of the case across most of the matches. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a couple of blowouts, but well, um, well, let's be clear here: it was CMC would make a big play, and then one of your players would make a play. <laughs> well, CMC played the afternoon game, the the four o'clock game. Early on, we were, we were. I was looking like I'd beat him even more, but McCaffrey came in and he texted me about five thirty six o'clock and said, "Of course, this is the this is the game. This is the week that McCaffrey has the game of his life." I mean, McCaffrey accounted for almost McCaffrey accounted for like 45 percent of Carl's total points. So yeah, forty eight of Carl's one fourteen, and Carl um, had. Point two six eight players, six players eight. not hit double figures. It was a rough week for Carl. Carl, it started, it started poorly for Carl because Carl texted me that morning and was like, "Hey, do I start Jacoby Myers or Khalil Herbert?" And I was like, "I was like, what have we seen from?" Like in my mind, I'm like, "What have we seen from the Bears that leads you to believe any Bears running back is worth starting right now?" And of course, that's the, you know, the it's game. the it's the week. You know, Khalil Herbert just absolutely pops off for 22 on his bench. So I was feeling bad about that for a little while, but then Philly just took a pretty commanding lead. And I was like, all right, well, now that pick doesn't really matter because you would have lost either way. So that and like Chris Olave only having one catch for four yards, you know, it's just down bad. Down bad. Yeah. I mean, it was looking it was looking good to start because Calvin Ridley in the, mm-hmm. the the early morning game, you know, well he had he that, caught, a, touch, yeah, he caught was, a touchdown on like their first the, or second drive. Yeah, first drive, yeah, first drive. After that, yep, two yep, of two was, receiving. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but well, like I, thirty, but like thirty of those thirty-eight yards came on that touchdown. Yeah, it was so like, yeah, minus the long touchdown, he really was just one for eight. <laughs> when yeah. I had that Romeo on my bench with almost nineteen points Thursday night, and so I was. Like kicking myself, thinking like, if I lose by you know four or five points, just like I'm gonna be so mad. But thankfully, yeah. I was able to. Romeo Dubes, he's been uh, he's been uh, pretty uh, pretty consistent. I mean, obviously, outside of a downside from in week two, he's been pretty good for the Packers. Yeah. I mean, he's had twenty five targets, twenty five targets in the past two games, and that's with Christian Watson coming back. Yeah, and, the, you know, the surprise was this uh, week: thirteen targets despite Watson being back in the lineup. So, I mean, he—I mean, just a target monster right now. And I, I mean, mean, week one was eighteen point six. Week two was a five point dud. Week three was eighteen point three, and week four was eighteen point five. So, right. If you if you take out that outlier, I mean, he's scoring eighteen points a game. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard to, 
it's hard. Like, I mean, you have a, you have a, you're pretty fortunate with your, your wide receiver situation, but he's, he's making a case to, to be inserted into the, the starting lineups. But I think, I think that's a good conversation for, for later on, but Keith, um, I'd like to I'd like to get in the win column for our two minute drill this week if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've made this one really light just so we can see one go in. So if uh if 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 we can't get under two minutes this week, then I'm we're a, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it hard. I'm gonna hit hard, I'm gonna hit fast. <clears throat> yeah. We're gonna you might not understand a word I'm fucking saying, but we're gonna get through it. I don't think you need to go that fast because I mean I did dumb down the content, but like I said, I mean we gotta see one go in here. So, you know, we're what, oh and three on the season, oh and two. So yeah. I would. I actually would like to see if going faster makes Sam go from like uh, okay, and then the Fighting House Plants beat to maybe a bit more energetic. Who knows? I don't know. Trying to trying to enunciate. We're 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 gonna find out this week. Find out live next week on Dragon Ball Z. Gotta put up a (laughs) not suitable for work uh, blur on. Goodness. Wait, y'all let me know and I'm ready to see in tooth booty. Yeah. <laughs> no, um listen, cheeks. Go ahead, go ahead and fire that bad boy off because I'm gonna get us going in three, two, and the fighting house plants versus craft personal masseuse. Our game of the week featured the two highest scoring teams of the week going at it. KPM opened up the scoring with a monster night from Montgomery to open the week and saw Jackson and Brown. Both four in 30 plus. The house plants got strong performances from Allen, returning Kamara, and Nakua, while and, uh, Andrews also had a return to form. However, the Chiefs D blew the lead for the house plants and sealed the win for KPM. KPM wins 154 152. The former piece of shit versus Dan Flash's Superstore. A disappointing week for the former piece of shit saw only Hertz, Walker, and Aubrey meet projections as they failed to break 100 points for the first time this season. Meanwhile, Dan Flash has got all they needed from Bijan and Justin Jefferson to get the win. Dan Flashes gets back in the win column, matching last season's win total by week four as they cruise 116 to 91. Back Twisted Fantasy versus Kentucky Fried Cholo after fielding the second highest scoring team a week ago. Dak Twisted Fantasy follows it up with a lackluster performance that saw only Justin Fields and the Bucks defense meet projections. Meanwhile, the Cholos got monster outings from their pair of receivers and digs and more, which gave them all they needed to get by with the win. The Cholos win this one 123-115. Angus's Sloppy Stakes versus Death Taxes and Kickers. The Who's Your Daddy Game of the Week sees the Sloppy Stakes get their first win of the season while DTK remains winless. DTK struggled as all but Swift failed to meet projections on their way to a dismal 71 points on the week. The Sloppy Stakes rolled as Purdy, Williams, and Ayuk all turned in 20-plus points and got solid days from St. Brown and Ingram. Sloppy Stakes demolished DTK, 128-71. Ridley's Casino Bar and Grill versus the Dangerous Knights crew in the most anticipated matchup of the week. Ridley's Casino struggled to get going despite a monster day from CMC and a solid performance from Herbert. No one else met projections, and six starters failed to reach double figures. Meanwhile, Dangerous Knights crew gets back on track as Cook, Henry, Kirk, but Butker, and the Cowboys defense all beat projections. Dangerous Knights crew cruises 144-114. Boys, we're back in the win column. 158 there. Wow. Cutting it close. Cutting it close. But 158. Back in the win column. Ugh. We and, and I think your, I think our timing, like when I hit play and you started, was like... Oh, Primo. Honestly, that moment right there, because like I, I heard it in my ear like the second I read the first name, and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. We are this, in business. This, I was like, this is cash. This is cash right here. We are in fucking oh. business. Definitely business needed that one, though. Definitely needed that one to keep booming. the season alive. 
What's up, Tooth? Nope. Tooth back on the scene. He's, uh, he hears, he hears Kara getting home. <laughs> but yeah, alrighty. What is happening? Oh, Kara's confused by Toothless being a <laughs> guest star. I am talking to Kiefer and I'm talking to Philly on our weekly podcast. Toothless is actually our groovy Tony this week, so. <laughs> Tooth. Tooth. <laughs> Tell her if she can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, oh, Google Play, supposed to let you or know, YouTube. I'm supposed to let you know that you can find Friends and Low Expectations on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Amazon, pretty much anywhere where you can get any of your uh, podcast needs. And if you're Except a visual learner on YouTube. We're not on YouTube. Sorry for the interruption. If you're a visual learner, not on YouTube. Yeah, we haven't posted our, our episodes on YouTube in a while. Visual visual learners can actually now find us on Spotify because Spotify doesn't the video podcast now. So that's true. That's true. Hey, I hate Spotify making me try to like it. It's like fucking chill, bro. Let me just stay at Apple. Just Apple superior. Spotify is just superior. Okay, I don't know why we're yelling, <laughs> but. <laughs> But Keith, Keith and I learned about this new feature on on MacBooks. Let's see if it works. Put on the light show, baby. There we go. Mm. <laughs> Is it going to do it for me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, I thought that was just a FaceTime feature. I didn't know it would actually work in Riverside. No, it's just, so. it's just with your camera. Just with your yeah. camera. We love to see it. We love to see it. Do, do, do it for Philly. Give Philly some oh, wow. Ooh, look at that. Wow. Oh, baby. Hearts out. Hearts out. Oh, baby. What do you say we keep this rolling? Yeah. Because I, um, I know you're a sleepy boy, Sam. Yeah. I'm, He's delirious. This I'm actually gonna be the best I'm, Sam we're going to get. Yeah this, yeah, this could be Sam at his peak right now. Maybe we shouldn't waste this time. Uh, Tired. I haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> Um, Sam is so, just digging deep, man. Not only is he staying up well past his bedtime, he's like also hungry. Well past his bedtime. This is like Good. my Jordan flu game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're witnessing a master class right now, people. Um, uh, so normally, obviously, we talk about who we would pick up and who we would drop. Um, but obviously, that, that day has come and gone. Um, so what we're going to do instead, we're going to kind of give some analysis and kind of what we like about uh, some of these additions from this week. Um we had quite a bit, quite a bit of picks come in. Um, the the first the first waiver claim that went through uh, was C.J. Stroud, and uh, Gino dropped some Aj P. Ryan, um, which is kind of an interesting one. But I, I, I uh, it's hard it's hard not to roster C.J. Stroud, right? Like, I mean, the dude's been uh, playing like the the number two overall pick with a with a team that people thought was going to be absolutely awful. So. I mean, when C.J. Stroud's putting up consistent 25 points a week, it's hard not to roster the guy. So, yeah, I think that's a great pickup for Gino, and um, we'll see if he starts him. He's, well, he got currently, him, he's got, got him, him slotted. Currently, yeah. he's got him slotted in. So There we go. Um, that answers uh, that this, question. This was actually going to be one of my suggestions. I mean, he's averaging 25 over the last three weeks, C.J. Stroud is. Um, he's got no interceptions on the season. Um, and I think I saw he just, like, broke the record for – you know, most most consecutive throws to start a career without a pick. Um, you know, and that was like names like Andrew Luck and some other folks were in there. So that's not like it's uh, just some, you know, throwaway record. Um, playing very well, distributing the ball pretty well. Um, yeah, this is this is a great pickup. And then when you look at Geno's quarterback situation, not good. He was rostering um, 
Joe Burrow and Mac Jones. Uh, obviously, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow just got that massive payday and then decided he doesn't want to know how to play football anymore. Um, hasn't hasn't broken double figures in back to back weeks and is um, has under ten points in three out of four starts this season. So I think a rough go of it for Burrow and overall Geno's quarterback situation. So I think the thing that interests me the most about um, C.J. Stroud is a lot of people had uh, had really predicted. Uh, Dalton Schultz to to really feast uh, because they're expecting him. They're expecting a lot of pressure on CJ Stroud, a lot of uh, dump offs, a lot of you know uh, Dalton Schultz being that safety blanket, and he's really he really hasn't looked Dalton Schultz all that much. Um, we've seen Tank Dell have some really really big games. Nico Collins has kind of exploded yeah, Tank on Dell the scene. And Nico Collins have been the two that have, he's really been looking at, and then even Robert Woods has had mm-hmm. um, like a. Sneaky decent season. I'm not going to say yeah, good. He's, he's getting lots of targets. Lots yeah, of he's targets. Get, he's and getting his looks. Uh, so, you've like got I said, John, distributing the ball around. And, and they're doing it without a really consistent run game. Damian Pierce has been um, really absent this season. So, to, to put up this kind of production without a good run game, I mean, Ohio State might have finally produced a good NFL quarterback. I'm not going to talk about the, the next two are – Defense pickups. I don't think we necessarily need to spend a ton of time there. Um, we can take a look at Joe's, which is an interesting one. Had three claims in for it. Jameson Williams, and he dropped uh, Cameron Archibald Akers, who will probably wind up back on Carl's roster at some point. Um, I think we can all agree to that. But Jameson Williams, a lot of people are really high on him. Getting involved back into the uh, Detroit offense now. So we'll, we'll see if it pays off. Obviously, I don't know if I'd start him this week, but uh, definitely a name to keep an eye on. And I think people are pretty high on him as a, as a wide receiver. I mean, who's the first round pick, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll share my two cents cause I was one of the waiver claims in Philly as well. I'd love to hear um, his thoughts on it, but th- I mean, for uh, this is a really low risk, low reward play for Joe. Joe actually has a really sneaky, good roster. I was actually texting Carl back and forth about this. Joe's got a sneaky, good roster and he's actually got a, problem that he really hasn't had in a while which is just making sure he starts the right combination of people he's got he's three four deep at running back two three deep at at receiver so um low risk low reward um play here where our low risk high reward play you're giving up cam Akers, who isn't going to do anything there's nothing surprising there and um if jameson williams ends up fitting into the offense alongside saint brown and um, sam laporta and um and the the Lions offense stays stays explosive, then he could have some looks. Yeah, I, I put in a claim for him. I own him at a lot of leagues. Um uh, I have him in our dynasty league. I've had him I drafted him last year. Um and he's been sitting in either the IR or suspension uh for me for the whole time. And um in a couple other leagues where I was able to get him, I've I went for him. Um do you to your point, Keith, I think it's a low risk, high reward. You know, like you, you've got roster space. Uh, I saw a couple of things come through this week that was like, you need to roster them, but don't force them in. And so I think that's kind of where you're at. Like, I think if you can get him on your roster, great. Um, not, you know, I was looking at him. I put a, a claim in for him. I think I was looking to drop uh, may, maybe Charbonnet. Um, for him, but um, just feel like it's a, it's a guy that he could pop off and be St. Brown level production, 
he could be a total bust. We haven't got we haven't gotten to see him yet, and we know who the player he was in college. He was a game changing player in college, um, and we've seen a lot of NFL offenses adapt to those kind of players recently. I think the Dolphins are the biggest example of that. Of it's less about if you're a prototypical receiver or running back, but are you fast? Can you make plays? Can you get open? Um, I mean, Travis Kelsey is like famously now um, after this quarterback show, like they know that he just runs route. He just runs a route. They don't have a designed route for him on most plays. He just runs till he's open and Mahomes finds him. And I think Jameson Williams could be a guy like that, that just, you just tell him to get open and find some space and see what happens. So, yeah. Jameson Williams is like a Jerry Judy-esque receiver, right? He's got elite route running um, capabilities. He's a uh, he's got really high potential. I mean, we saw glimpses of it last year. He played what maybe one or two games at the end of the season there, coming back from his injury. But he's got very high a very high ceiling. Very high. And uh, I think that I think that a Lions offense is explosive enough that it can afford that. So, um, next one we can talk about. Uh, three claims in for it as well was uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, who's a who's kind of a sneaky pick. He had a r- really really good game last week um, when Javante Williams went down. I think he ended up putting up like what like twenty five points. Was that nineteen? Sorry. Yeah. Um, 19. He he I mean just broke off big plays, right? Big play after big play. Um, so if Javante Williams ends up missing time, it's either going to be him or Samaje P Ryan, and it's kind of. Which which uh which horse do you want to hit your wagon to on this one? And a lot of people are banking on Jaleel McLaughlin uh, kind of popping off, but that's all dependent on what happens with uh, Javante if he misses time or not. So this is a good stash for for this week. I don't know if he's the the right long term play, but he's definitely a good stash. And, and if uh, if things do change this week, I I have a question for you guys that relates to this. Um, he this is an example to me of. Um, typically you'd only see this ad in a deeper league. Um, I, I have Julio in our dynasty league, which has 29 people on our roster. Um, he's rostered in a 16 man league. I'm in, but you don't see him rostered in a lot of 10 man leagues, but I think you're starting to see more of these guys that are like, would typically just be a handcuff that like, if Javante Williams was a stud, you would take Jaleel just in case you lost him. But there's a lot of conversation back and forth about whether RB zero works or not. Um, and I would argue, and some people are arguing that, you know, the play of Christian McCaffrey and Tony Pollard and some of these guys that the RB zero strategy doesn't work and you're stuck fumbling for running backs. If you pick later in the round, but I would argue that's actually a prime example of why RB zero is important. It's because there's four guys, maybe, maybe that are dependable guys week to week and everybody else is a crapshoot on what you're going to get. And so I wanted to get y'all's opinion on like, whether you think RB zero is a good strategy or really what you make of the, of the running back trend, especially because we have to roster two in our starting lineup. Um, and I think that's a difficulty for a lot of people to start, to start two guys they trust. Yeah. I think, I, I think it largely depends on like the style of RB zero you're looking at, right? If you're like in our league, I think, I think really the only true RB zero guy in our league was, um, was myself because I just didn't take a running back until, um, until like 
I don't know, I think fourth round, fourth round. Um, and Fred, Fred went RB zero. He took three receivers first, but he 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 had Eckler as his keeper, and so Fred's doing fine so far, um, and that's due in large part because his uh, one of his receivers, uh, AJ Brown, has just been popping off. I think it largely just depends. Like if you are doing RB zero and you have a CMC as a keeper, then you're probably okay, because um, you can just pick up a flyer each week, or you know just turn it over to, you know, a lower tier guy and maybe get you eight, nine, 10 points. And with CMC, he's pretty much a guaranteed 20 each week. So, you know, if the other guy can get you eight to 10 points, you get 30 points from your running backs Mm -hmm. and you hope for, you know, 50 to 60 from your receivers, then great. Um, I think if you're trying to do RB zero with a wide receiver as a keeper, um, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, And I'm speaking from experience because right now I've got, you know, Aaron Jones is probably my best running back and he's missed, you know, he missed two of the last three weeks and came back and had a rough go of it. Um, you know, and then I've got Pacheco and Madison. Madison is just Ma- Madison's Madison's playing fine for actual football, but not good for fantasy football because he's not finding the end zone. And he's not a big pass catching threat. So it's just tough. I, I don't I don't know. I think I, all this to say, I think the jury's still out on RB zero personally. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just depends on kind of what your running back situation is. Uh, kind of like Keith said, like for me right now, if I'm if I didn't have if I had Saquon right for the past two weeks, I think it's a completely different game. Uh, same goes for Fred, right? I mean, he's kind of he's been without. I mean, he's had Eckler what week one, maybe week two, uh, but for the rest of it, he's been he's been out. So uh, you know, it, it sometimes it works out, and you get lucky with a. David Montgomery putting up 30 points, which is not something you'd probably expect. And uh, other times you're just going to get stuck with, with that. But to I know Keith's Joe's point not is, expecting that. Right. To Keith's point as well, right? Um, you want you want like that second running back if you have someone who's solid just to like meet their expectations, right? If you had like a CMC and a and you were able to snag like a Jalen Warren, right, through you, Philly, I think that's a really yeah. good – would be like a really good combo because Jalen Warren's not – putting up, you know, game-breaking points. But he's hitting his projections at the very least, and I think that's a great one. Or if you were able to, you know, stash Kyron Williams, I think he's another cool one that people didn't necessarily expect to, to get the, the the production he's getting, right? So um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever fully buy into RB0 personally, but um, obviously it works for some people, but... Uh, not something yeah. I'm uh, willing to to risk risk quite yet. Yeah, I'm not I'm not fully in the RB zero camp, but I do think even though what you all talked about with Saquon and Austin Eckler brings up the larger concern for me is that you know the running backs tend to go down quick. You know, we we tend to lose if there's five top running backs, three of them go out to injury for weeks at a time throughout the season, and so it's then scrambling to figure out who's after, and it's not always easy. You know, it's Josh Kelly had a monster week with Eckler in and then had three duds in a row without Eckler. And so it's kind of hard to tell, but in any case. Yeah. I think also, um, and Sam kind of touched on it, but like RB zero, you're really banking on hitting on at least like one waiver wire running back. Yeah. So, you know, Sam touched on Kyron Williams, you know, if you go RB zero with Christian McCaffrey and, you know, your next two running backs, you know, your second best running back is, uh, 
you know, is a Isaiah Pacheco. Like that's fine if you hit on a Kyron Williams later, because um, then you're not so worried about it. Then you've got a guy who can, you know, might pop off. Um, you know, might give you a pop off game here and there, but um, you know, is is going to be just you know just fine. So that, that's kind of the the tenant there behind RB zero, and it's it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. So you also really, really, really have to hit on wide receiver. You know, I think yeah. there's, and, and realistically there's maybe five or six receivers in the NFL that you really risk going RB zero with, you know, Justin yeah. Jefferson is one of them. You know, he's a guy that gives you the flexibility to say, all right, do I want to just double and triple down on wide receiver? And, you know, if I've got Justin Jefferson as my keeper, do I draft, you know, Stefan Diggs number one overall? And that's pretty much a guaranteed, you know, 55 points a week between the two of them. So yeah. it also your receiver situation really matters too. So agree. Agree. Cool. All right. Unless there's any other waiver additions you all want to talk about. Um, no a... more waiver additions, but we did have two <laughs> trades, two trades today. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. I'm involved in one of them, but hmm. love to maybe take a second to break down these trades. Holy crap. Yeah, Commission and I have chatted before you hopped on the call. And um I think we're in line. I think I think the Brees Hall. Let's, let's Garrett, share let's share the trades. Yeah. So Keith and Fern have a trade going. So Keith would acquire Brees Hall and send Garrett Wilson to Fern. And then um Joe and Barl. Um Barl sending Christian Watson Joe's way. And getting Joe Mixon in return. Um, both of those are pending, but I think they have the votes. Um, I think they have the votes to pass. So I should have yeah, checked. They were both looking good. Um, but uh, so the Brees Hall Garrett Wilson, I think, is a pretty fair um, trade. Um, both high upside guys in the same offense. Um, and both underperforming right now, uh, that whole offense is. So I think, you know, it's a pretty fair, like, you could look at Bryce, uh, Brees Hall as someone who could really pop off, and you could look at Garrett Wilson as someone who could pop off. And if you got needs at running back receiver, I think it's all fair. The one that I'm not so sure about is the is the Joe and Barl trade. One, Barl ex- very explicitly said, anyone in my starting lineup is not for sale. And then promptly sold somebody in the starting lineup. Um, so, fuck you, Barl, for that. But also, um, I I just we talk just now about running backs, right? And Joe Mixon has not had a great season, but he's certainly had enough to carry you through some games. Um, and Joe Joe's got a, a deep roster, so I'm sure he's banking on that. But I don't think Christian Watson has shown enough uh, to be worth it. Um, unless Joe sees something in him that uh, we all don't see with, especially with Romeo Dubes, you know, playing the way he's played and seeing the, the target share that he's seen um, and, and not even being able to, we don't really know the Packers offense is sustainable at this point in the season. And so um, I feel like it's a little bit more in favor of Barl than it is Joe. Um, I think it's fair enough that I don't think it deserves to be vetoed or anything, but um, I'm not sure that I think that same trade, uh, especially giving up the capital that is Joe Mixon. If that Bengals offense gets on track, 
Joe Mixon's going to be a prime beneficiary of that. Yeah, um, Joe's really banking on uh, Devin A. Chain uh, continuing to be the the big play guy in uh, in Miami and continuing to maybe even surpass Raheem Mostert uh, on that depth chart. I mean, granted, a lot of his points came on what he had like uh, a rush. He had like a fifty four yard touchdown run and another big one as well, and he had eight carries for one hundred one yards. Uh, it, it's just incredible what he's doing with. With his uh, with his limited amount of touches, right? So I, I think Joe is really banking on uh, a chain being able to continue that type of performance and not cede touches to you know Raheem Mostert or uh, you know because right you you take away one fifty four yard run there or two of his big plays and uh, it's a completely different uh, stat line. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue that production and like I said. Uh, Joe is kind of his set in his running back room and his depth on on the fact that the that the Dolphins can spread the ball around. So we'll see what happens. Um, Christian Watson could you know continue to to blossom into this offense and continue to catch a lot of passes. Uh, he had a pretty uh, pretty pretty decent week, uh, right? I think he had ten points last week. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah, I think he had like 30 yards and a touchdown, so it sounds about right. 10 points? Like that. Um, I can do, if someone wants to double-check me on it. but Yeah, yeah, 10, 10.5. 10.5, 10. right. So 10, Two catches, 25 yards, and a teddy. Right, so you, you, you're kind of banking that, that he's, his production is going to continue to ramp up. So um, it'll see, and Carl has, like I said, he's got the, the depth that, that wide receiver to kind of afford to part with that. Chris Olave, uh, Calvin Ridley, um, and also, I mean, Drake London, probably wide receiver three in, in that offense. So uh, we'll see. But, I mean, I think it's a, yeah, it's an interesting trade. And uh, they both have potential to, to really have high ceilings. And but they could also, uh, if things continue the way that they are, it could also be really low ceilings. So, um, yeah, I, like, I, like I said, I don't think there's a need to veto. But uh, it's just a, yeah. I, I actually think that I I probably think this is a little bit more even than the two of you personally. I think this is oh, a depth. Yeah. I think this is a depth move for both of them, and they're both kind of banking on um, potential here. Obviously, the Bengals haven't looked like the Bengals of years past, and I think Carl probably saw this as an opportunity to maybe um, buy low on Joe Mixon and hope that the Bengals kind of get on track and Joe Mixon benefits from that, as uh, Philly pointed out. Um, and I think, um, you're hoping that, you know, very early returns on Christian Watson's first outing, you know, finding the end zone that, you know, he continues to settle into that offense. But when I look at, when I look at Joe, you know, he's got Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, uh, uh, Devon A. Chain, um, you've got room to part ways with a Joe Mixon there. And, you know, he's got Tyler Algier right now, but, um, he'll probably end up my guess is he's going to end up dropping him pretty soon because he's done absolutely nothing since that first week. Um, but so you got a little bit of flexibility there. And then with wide receiver um, doesn't really have a whole lot of flexibility there. You obviously you have Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin has looked um, a little bit better the last few weeks. So he's probably clear wide receiver too. But after that, um, you know, Tyler Lockett has had one pop off week and then the other three weeks failed to get double digits um, Zay Flowers, you know, looked pretty strong, but has, you know, really not 
taken the next step forward, has also not found the end zone. Um, and, you know, pick up Jamison Williams here as a flyer and hope that hits. So I think this is a depth move for both of them. And I think it's actually very balanced where both are kind of expecting to buy low and, you know, hit later. At the end of the day, like, you know, unless it's super lopsided, I feel like if it's, if they're agreeing, they're consenting adults. <laughs> Let them go at it. Unless you're Fern trying to sell you the moon for a pack of off-brand pencils. <clears throat> so so I, I texted Fern. I said, are you open to moving any of your running backs? And the first one, <laughs> he was like, Miles Sanders. And I was like, mm, I don't want to touch that. Um, and then I was like, and then I think I said, I, I asked if Kamara and Jacobs were off the table. And he's like, yeah, for right now. I said, okay, what about? Brees Hall. Then he goes, how about Brees Hall for Keenan Allen? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, for Keenan Allen, I want both Kamara and Jacobs. And he's like, oh, you're going to gut me. I was like, <laughs> I was like what? <laughs> so we ended up, we ended up coming to, uh, you know, working, working that one out. Um, and yeah, uh... I think um, from my perspective on that trade, I'm, I feel good about wide receiver. Um, I've got two that I'm very, very comfortable with. And then, um, you know, week to week, if I need to, I can stream uh, Judy or Hopkins and feel feel decent about one of them. Um, get me, you know, around 10 and maybe Hopkins, you know, finding the end zone, something like that. Um, but yeah, de- deploying the RB0 strat has not worked out for me because I don't quite have that like elite Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill level wide receiver. Although Keenan Allen has been very good to start the year. Um you know, you need Keenan Allen plus another one of those just uh, you know, world you beater. Know, well, I was going to say, you know his hamstring is going to go out at least one week or something, right? I, I'm not I'm not worried about it at all, actually. I'm feeling really good about Keenan yeah. Allen. And, yeah, I don't know if you've actually seen his team. I'm really liking team. the value pick. I don't know if you've seen his team, but it's um, – Keenan Allen has the world's second most indestructible hamstring. Well, Yeah, so. I declared it. <clears throat> now, now, now that now that Kiefer has said it, you know you know he's about to. Although he did say that away. also about Aaron Jones, and I think Aaron Jones like immediately missed time <laughs> with injury. But yeah, yeah, Aaron Jones missed. Was it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks with a hamstring. Well, uh, basically three weeks because he did fucking nothing this past week. So yeah, yeah. he basically missed three weeks. <laughs> and you would put him as the world's most indestructible hamstring. So. Um, well, I would actually just keep what you're doing. I would don't touch Keenan Allen. <laughs> well, honestly, most... what I'm what I'm seeing here is I put two indestructible hamstrings out there, and I hit on one of them. So I'm batting 500 right now. You know, uh, if I'm shooting five, if I'm shooting 50 from behind the arc, I'm getting an NBA mm-hmm. contract. I'm tell you that yeah. right now. But so. back to the trade um, and back to Fern's Fern's tactics. He he is always going to try and uh, <clears throat> least I first mean, ask question second. He's like, you'll never know if you don't ask. So it's going to, I mean. Again, he, I said it in the chat. I respect it. I respect it. That's that's textbook negotiating. You ask yeah. big, and when they say no, it's like, okay, well, I wasn't expecting you to say yes anyway. Yeah, it's like when I offer Chavante Williams for Christian Watson and Carl says no. Right. Well, or like, um, like Carl asked me what I wanted for Jalen Warren, and I said, he said, Jalen Warren, let me know. And I said, who's for sale? Or better question, who's off limits? And he said, big question to ask for a bench guy. If they are starting for me, they're off limits. We can't negotiate. 
if you immediately just say everyone's off limits except the guy I want I, I want your guy I want your guy and I want you to fend for seconds off my shitty ass bench figure it out <laughs> Carl is in Carl has been in shambles with how bad his bench is and it's just been it's just been funny to hear I made Carl a reasonable it. offer um and he said he's not a fan of Gabe Davis, but Gabe Davis has had three great weeks in a row. Or three sorry, three great weeks out of four, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you gotta wonder if uh you gotta wonder if Carl's uh punching air for not uh jumping on Gabe Davis for Jalen Warren, because clearly he would have won uh he would have won that trade. Oh wait, yeah. you have both. Never mind. <clears throat> yeah, I was gonna go Gabe Davis and Jalen Warren. For Christian Watson. <laughs> And Jacoby Myers. Mm, yeah. That's that's still fairly balanced. But, you know, we're hey, here. Listen, that's between, that's between you guys and Carl. It's between me and God and Carl. Yeah, I was supposed to say God. <laughs> yeah, let's hope these trades keep picking up, though. You know, the league is league is fun when guys keep busting. Uh, I, I, I always to... want to make a trade every year, and nobody ever wants to make a trade. I never want to make so. a trade. I get too Let's much see. anxiety. Yeah, working Sam, two trades. Sam like rationalizes why he shouldn't make a trade, even if it's a good trade. No, no, I, be, I, 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 I talk myself out of it. You could be like, "Hey, Sam, um, I, I, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you want Lamar Jackson? Uh, all I'm asking for is like Rashad White." And he'd be like, mm. "Ooh, let me." Let me go to Roto Trade and do a trade analyzer, and uh... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, you guys want to? You guys want to discuss some picks? Yeah, let's dive into these picks. It, it was a pretty fucking, pretty fucking bad week for the boys last week. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was... and, and and not just in picks. Let me just say, I went through and and added these up, and it was bad across the board, uh, in every category. <laughs> we. We did not hit. Yeah, it was it was rough, fellas. <laughs> this week was rough. We did. Why don't we go ahead and recap them? <laughs> um. All right. So, um, I went by uh, for weekly picks. Uh, I started keeping a season tally. We only have two weeks worth of of uh, picks wow. so far because of our our little bye week that we had <laughs> week wow. two. Um. But uh, Kamish was one and four last week. His only uh, correct pick was Dangerous Night's Crew over Ridley's Casino Bar and Grill. Uh, that puts him at three and seven on the season. Uh, Keith was two and three last week. Was the best of us uh, last week with um, Dan Flashes and KPM as correct picks. He's six and four on the season. Uh, and then I was one and four with Dan Flashes as my correct pick. And I am six and four on this season as well. Uh, moving into lock of the week, uh, spoiler alert: <laughs> none of us got the lock. Commission <laughs> uh, all bombed with our locks. Man. <laughs> yeah, Commission Keith both picked Gino, uh, so they were both zero and one last week. Commission falls to zero and two on the season for lock of the week. I think. I think. Um, I think for me and Commission, it should be minus two because God, not only did Gino not hit the lock. Gino just bombed, dude. 
like we both picked the lock as the most lopsided matchup of the week i was like man yeah and and tough tentatively tentatively maybe the lowest scoring matchup of lowest scoring team of all time i feel like we had someone in the 60s but i couldn't think it it was sleeper has a breakdown of like i I literally went through every week keith and it was not me oh i could have swore you had like 68 one no i i did not i was i had 78 Maybe that's what I was thinking. But I, I mean, I, I literally, I went through every week. But I'm pretty sure Mo, maybe someone, someone did it like round one of a playoffs, maybe, and I can't figure it out because it combined all the, the weeks. I know that, but someone else had like a lower than me last year. Even I think Mo had like 75 or something like that. But for those that aren't aren't in the league and and can't see it, um, <clears throat> it was it was not a good week for Gino. Uh, he scored 72.4 points. Um, Joe Burrow got him 4.7. Ramondre Stevenson, 6. Good outings from Swift and Devontae Adams. Then Tutu at 7.4. Kelsey had 12, which is really low for Kelsey. Tank Dell, 3.9. Justin Tucker, oof, 4. That's got to suck when your whole identity is Justin Tucker. And uh, <laughs> 1 point from the San Francisco defense. So, uh, pretty low. We'll, our resident historian needs to get back to us on if that's the lowest of all time. But I think I think what's worse for Gino is like <clears throat> you can you can you can take some copium with a low scoring week if you you know have a bench pop off. You know you got a couple players on your bench. You're like ah uh, you know the points were there. Um, <laughs> for Gino the points were not there. <laughs> no, not there. I mean you go to his bench. Mac Jones point seven. Samaje Piran five point five. Kendrick Bourne five point six. Jordan Addison, a flat goose egg. Kyle Pitts, four points. Uh, Patriots defense, four points. The only guy on his bench that would have moved the needle at all for him is Jahan Dotson, who had 12. Okay. So here's the – I actually uh, like – go ahead. Here's the the official ruling. So in 2021, I had 78.66. And then the following year, Mo had 77.4 or something like that. Okay, so this is at least with sleeper, at least during the regular during the regular season. Yeah, so regular season on sleeper, this is the lowest scoring matchup. Wow, lowest scoring performance. Ah, Gino making history for the wrong reasons, man. But it was that. I mean, it was particularly bad for me that year because I had put up the highest score in the league history at the time with like one ninety five, and then like. Three weeks later, put up the lowest score mm-hmm. of the week. It was yeah. just abysmal. Yeah, I put it in the show notes so we have that, so we know the <clears throat> year and week that it was. Sleeper has in the league history a really good breakdown of like yeah, the highest scoring like, games. Score. Yeah, you can see that. Um, yeah, even like the highest scoring weeks for certain for individual players mm-hmm. uh, and individual teams. Um, so, uh, what I was gonna say is I. I I don't know if Gino feels the same way, but I I do like though if I'm going to lose that bad to not have anybody on my bench because it makes me feel better that like there's nothing I could have done. It's like you know what my team just sucked this week. There's nothing I could do. Like leaving points on the bench is the worst feeling in fantasy. If you lose, if you win, whatever. But if you lose and you had the points on your bench to win, it's like especially if you took that player out at the last minute, it's the worst feeling. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, yeah, who was your lock? Lock was Fern, which wasn't a terrible lock. Um, 
I mean, second highest scoring team of the week. The only team he lost have beaten was the team he faced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and a two point a little shootout there, less than two points. So uh, that's my lock. So I'm uh, that puts Commission zero and two in the season for locks. Keith at one and one, and me at one and one on locks for the season. Dog, um, Commission I both lost. Uh, dog, I didn't put down the dog. Um, for us, dogs was um, a beautiful deck, Twisted Fantasy for Kamish. Um, Ridley's Casino for me, and uh, KPM for Keith. So Keith got got a one and zero there with KPM coming out as a dog. Um, uh, Sam and I, Commission and I both uh, both lost. So we're Commission and I are zero and two on dogs, and Keith is one and one on dogs for the season. And then sleeper of the week, we not okay. Not only did we surprise, get our, surprise, none of us hit. <laughs> none of us hit, and not only did we not hit, we hit so bad that all of them actually underscored their projections. Mine was so, close. Yeah, but you didn't go over projections. So uh, Sam had Sam had two two Atwell. He was projected to get ten point five four points, and he got like eight. He got seven point four. Seven point four close. Seven point four. So that's a that is not a sleeper. Kamish uh, had Sam Laporta. No, I had Sam Laporta. I'm sorry, Keith had Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta was projected for ten point five eight. He got nine point six, and I had TJ Hawkinson. And he was projected for 11.42 and got 4.4. So, uh, not, not good. Not, not good. <laughs> uh, ter- terrible, actually. Some people would say terrible. Yeah, I think, I think my, my Sam Laporta pick, I was really trying to just will it into existence. I was like, you know, I could, I could use a big week from Sam Laporta this week. He had a pop week the week before. So I was like, uh, you know, maybe if I maybe if I just put it into the atmosphere, you know, put good vibes out, I'll get some good vibes back. And uh, I mean, you didn't have a bad week, but definitely wasn't uh, wasn't the the twenty I was hoping for. So, um, let's do. I'll I can uh, I can take these for you, Kamish. So I, I'll type these out for you. Let's go into file picks for week five. Um, yeah. First up is. Dangerous Knights Crew versus Kentucky Fried Cholo. Uh, Kamish. Um, I'm going DNC. Okay. Keith. Don't, don't let me down. Yep. I'm, uh, we've got to roll Dangerous Knights Crew here. Um, yeah. I'm just looking through everything real quick. Rosters appear to be set for now. Yeah, I don't like I don't like uh, the Cowboys defense. Your Cowboys defense play, um, so you know personal. I just for whatever it's worth, I'd maybe pick up a streamer for the week, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, overall more roster firepower for the uh, the Dangerous Knights group. Yeah, I, I got to see what happens with uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, and if I have to free up some roster space for him since he's on IR. So, yeah, that makes sense. So we'll see. Cool. Uh, but date you roll Dangerous Knights crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with myself here too. I don't normally pick myself, but I do feel pretty good about my matchups and, and the team. And I think we're starting to hit our stride. So I will also go with Dangerous Knights crew. 
Uh, matchup number two, Angus's Sloppy Steaks versus Kraft's Personal Masseuse. Commish. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to go Kraft's Personal Masseuse. Any reason why? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of see, I could see David Montgomery having another big game. Uh, Brian Robinson could pop off against the, the Bears as well. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily, I mean, Dallas Goddard. Apparently people are high on Dallas Goddard this week to bounce back. So, and, and Jalen Waddle is always, uh, I mean, he's kind of had a down year, but I feel like the against the a pretty, pretty awful Giants secondary, I think uh, Jalen Waddle could pop off. So I like that. I don't necessarily, I don't know. I mean, in Baltimore against Pittsburgh is, is a pretty good matchup too. We don't know what the heck's going to, Kenny Pickett says he's playing, um, but I don't know if I believe it. Uh, or if he does play, he might be limited. So uh, I'm going to take the underdog here. I, uh, yeah, I like, I like his matchups. Keith, hmm. what you got? Yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to roll with uh, I'm gonna have to roll with Austin here to get uh, get his second win of the season. Um, I think the Lamar Jackson against Pittsburgh defense is gonna be a pretty pretty rough one. That's just a divisional game, um, very familiar opponent. They Steelers tend to play the Ravens pretty tough. Um, yeah, Montgomery should pop off for Carolina. Brian Robinson should have a decent day against Chicago. AJ Brown should continue to play well, but um, yeah, you got to start Cortland Sutton. That's not good. I don't like Dallas Goddard to bounce back here. Um, I think Philly's going to be running the ball pretty heavily, and if they do throw it all, they're probably going to go to AJ Brown like they've been going to. Um, yeah, Austin Eckler on bye, but he's he's been missing the last few weeks. I think I think overall a little bit more favorable matchups. Um, a little bit more favorable matchups for um, Austin's guys here, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Austin on this one. Sloppy stakes over KPM. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think this is a tight one here. Um, I really don't know what to make on San Francisco's uh, offense against Dallas's defense. I think this is gonna be. It's either gonna be a really gritty, like sixteen to ten game. Or it's going to be that, like, was that the Rams-Chiefs game from, like, four or five years ago where there's, like, 50 points apiece? Um, So I'm not really sure what to make there. Um, Oh, man, it's it's some tight matchups. I I think I'm leading KPM here. Um, I just, I like the matchups a little bit better on, on KPM side. Next up, Kamish. Dan Flashes versus the Fighting House Plants. Uh, um, some good questions. You're asking the right questions with your mouth. Um, <laughs> Sam is if if. if if you if there's like a battery charge logo at the top of the screen, his would be at like three percent, and he's he's on low power mode. 
He's yeah. just he's just trying to get to a charger. Um. Yeah, I like uh, I like Fern here. Um. I don't necessarily. I don't know what to make of Camara still. So, oh, he had twenty one points last week. Good. Yeah, he had thirteen catches. He didn't do much with those catches. He had thirteen points. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Twenty one points. Thirteen of those points came off of catches. Josh Jacobs finally played like Josh Jacobs. Puka Nakua had a big game. I think he could have another good game against the Eagles. Um, Secondary has been kind of suspects. Yeah, I'm gonna go Fern. Keith. Yeah, this one is surprisingly lopsided right now. I don't know if. Joe has set his roster yet, but based on projections, it looks like he has. And obviously with him trading <laughs> Joe Mixon, I can't imagine. I I can't imagine that he would slot in. Maybe he moves a chain to the other starting running back and benches Gibbs this week in favor of Watson. But um, even still, that wouldn't make that wouldn't make a, that wouldn't even put a dent in the spread right now, which is about 11 points. Um, Fern's hitting a stride. I mean, if he continues to get good production out of Jacobs and Kamara goes back to just being a PPR monster, which, man, 14 targets, 13 receptions, only 33 yards, but in a PPR league, you get 13 <laughs> That's all you need. just off of – That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, you literally get – I mean, he, I would I would kill for one of my running backs. He gets, to, right my running backs to just give me 13 points consistently. He gets 13 catches for 13 yards. He meets his projection. So Yeah, <laughs> you know. 13 catches, 33 yards. That's 16 points just there. Um, then he added another, what, 50 on the ground. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think Fern's going to continue to roll in this one. He's got he's got the more favorable matchups. Um, although, I, ah, man, I, I'm, I'm rolling with Fern, but uh, Joe's got some sneaky pop-off potential here. Like, I could see the Jacksonville-Buffalo game being, like, a surprising banger that could go back and forth. Um, you know, Bijan has played really well, and Houston's defense isn't fantastic. I don't know. Joe's got sneaky pop-off potential, but, yeah, I'm just – I'm rolling with rolling with front here. Other. Next up is Death Taxes Kicker oh, versus – Oh, I haven't picked yet. Uh, good point. Yeah, I we talked about Joe's t uh, Joe's roster being sneaky good, and I um, I don't disagree on that. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised, like you, to see the, how big the spread is. Um, but Josh Allen played lights out last week, uh, and Jacksonville's not looking good. Uh, at least it's not looked good the past couple weeks. Um, and and Puka, I mean. His stat lines are 22, 30, 30 12, 32. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's, uh, he has uh, 119 yards, 147 yards, 72, and 163. Uh, so he's more likely than not going to go over 100 yards. Uh, and then more likely than not is going to have um, – Double digit or close to double digit receptions. I just that's it's just huge. Um, so I, I just I think I like the the makeup of his roster just a little bit more. Um, so I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll house plants here. In a close one, I think it'll be closer than the projections say. 
DTK, Ridley's Bar, Casino Bar and Grill, Kamish. I'm going to go uh, Ridley's Bar and Grill. I don't think bounce back. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see. Gino's got some pop off potential, but yeah, I like uh, like uh, Ridley here. Yeah, Gino's Dobbs. Holy crap! Who's on? Is he got someone on by? Yeah, Justin Herbert's on by. That makes sense. Yeah, Gino's got a really rough wide receiver situation after Devontae Adams and. <laughs> um, Ramondre Stevenson just has not not delivered for him this year. I mean, he had two pretty solid <laughs> games the first two weeks of the season, but um, the last two weeks, uh, Patriots have just him, forgotten yeah. how to play football, and they go yeah. up against a really good New Orleans uh, defense. So, I don't I don't see the Patriots turning it around against New Orleans. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, if, if you can get, if you can get 20 from Kelsey Adams and another 25 from Stroud, you've got some potential here, but I mean, I think, I think the San Francisco Dallas game is going to be a back and forth one. So I think CMC and Tony Pollard are both going to pop off in that one. Chris Olave is probably going to feast on the Patriots secondary. So I'm going to roll, uh, I'm going to roll Ridley's casino here. Yeah, I, I really want to pick Gino here because I think he's got some big play potential, but I think you just sold me on the, the Pollard and McCann, having both Pollard and McCaffrey. Um, that's going to turn into a dogfight there, and, and those two guys are going to get a lot lot of looks. Um, I always try to look like who beats who, and so I think Gino's got the advantage at quarterback. Um, uh, obviously, McCaffrey better than Stevenson. Swift and Pollard, I think, equal each other out. Um, Adams, I give a slight edge to a lot uh, over Olave. Um, Tutu and Cub Ridley, I think, kind of square off or about even. Um, Travis Kelsey is obviously a superior tight end. Um, so it, it could be a lot tighter than we think it's going to be, but McCaffrey has another 30 or 40 point game. There's just not much you can do to stop that. So I'm going to roll Ridley's here and uh, see Gino fall to 0 and 5. And last but certainly not least is the matchup between you two, the former pieces of shit versus my beautiful deck, Twisted Fantasy. It's crazy. We're playing each other like twice in the span of like three weeks or something like that, Keith. I didn't... Yeah, I think that's just the way the, Ross, the schedule just, shook out with the yeah. adjustments for rivalry week. Yeah, just weird. Uh, I'm going Keith. I don't think uh I'm trying to... I don't know. It's it doesn't. I just uh, my running back situation this week is not good with by Mageddon, and uh, if Saquon can't play, I'm in trouble. And if Javante Williams can't play, I'm in even more trouble. Or I think it's maybe vice versa. If uh, Javante Williams can't play, I'm in trouble, and if Saquon can't play, I'm in even more trouble. So uh, yeah, this is a this is a bad week for buys for me. So um, yeah, I got Keith. Yeah, I, just, I actually did not realize every player, all but two players on your bench are on by. So right. Tyler I Bowie told you. I told. I, I texted you by and Mageddon, and you a... said no. No, because my team always just finds a way to disappoint. And honestly, you said your running back situation is not great. Um, I've got all my running backs available, and I'm still in a worse situation than you. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this pick in good faith that both Williams and Barkley end up playing. Um, obviously, hindsight would be 2020, and I'll probably wish that I picked um, picked myself. But um, I'm I'm taking taking Sam here. Um, he's got the best quarterback in the matchup. Got the best receiver in the matchup. Using um, my own strategy against me. <laughs> no, I mean I mean you're even favored in projections. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's not it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm picking myself to put or picking you to put Juju. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm taking this with uh taking this at face value and assuming um Barkley and Williams end up playing, which I think they most likely will. So I'm gonna roll in uh rolling with Sam here. Rolling with Kamish, the fighting pieces of shit. I'm rolling with Keith here, and I'm rolling with Keith for a reason that neither one of you have said yet. And maybe you just didn't think about it or you're trying not to put the Juju out there, but you know, you've got I think uh, Aaron Jones and Pacheco probably slotted pretty firmly, maybe in there, um, you know, with Keenan Allen on by. But you are about to obtain Brees Hall, and I think Brees Hall is going to feast against Denver. Um, and so I see, I mean, easily a 150 yard game could be in Brees Hall's future this weekend. And so, um, you know, I think if you slot him in for Madison uh, or Pacheco, either, I mean, either way. Um, you could be looking at uh, really beating up those projections. You're only projected to lose by two points right now. Um, and yes, again, but what you're not considering is if um, Brees Hall ends up having a big day that directly impacts my current starting defense. So, uh, sure. Any, any good thing? Any good thing for Brees Hall is bad thing for my defense. That, not necessarily. Zach Wilson could still throw a lot of picks, and Brees Hall could still run for 150 yards. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I I just I don't like it. <clears throat> I don't like it. Well, you don't have to give yourself your whatever juju you think you're giving yourself, but um, I think <laughs> I think you're going to uh, I think you're going to have. I don't think you're going to roll, but I think you're going to get this win here. So awesome. Okay, let's move on to lock of the week. Commission, <clears throat> uh, who you got for locks? So currently favored. Just to give an idea, favored is Dangerous Knights Crew over Cholo. Sloppy Stakes over KPM. Former Pieces of Shit over My Beautiful Dak Twisted Fantasy. House Plants over Dan Flashes. And Ridley's Casino Bar over DTK are the project the current projections. So, lock of the week. Um, I'm going Dangerous Night's Crew. Okay. Keith? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go House Plants here. I'm going to lean into the biggest, biggest spread of the week and go House Plants. Uh, I'm also going to roll House Plants here. Um... He's got a fifty-six percent chance of winning right now, which would make him the biggest lock. Yeah, um, he's also an eleven point, or just just under eleven point spread. The next biggest favorite would be uh, Philly, who's right around a nine point favorite against um, Mo. So, yeah, I think I'm just I'm I'm hardcore just leaning into what we're seeing on on uh, on paper. So, perfect. Uh, dog of the week. I'm gonna go KPM. 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 I gotta, I gotta verify what I picked here. <laughs> um, I picked sloppy steaks. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I picked any upsets. Yeah, I didn't pick any upsets. No, you didn't pick any upsets. 
yeah so uh i guess i just bow out on this one <laughs> <laughs> you could change yeah. your pick to yourself no <laughs> no because i think you're gonna ah well fuck it fine i'll pick myself and then i'll pick myself as dog of the week <laughs> okay we'll we'll roll with it <laughs> just to make things fun all right there we go all harmony there we go perfect okay and then uh for dog uh i'm gonna and go for those at home again uh sam is currently a two-point favorite on the spread so uh, i'm going kpm here i had kpm winning um and my picks and uh they're uh currently a seven point underdog so um feel good about that all right let's move on to sleepers come in, who you got mm, i'm gonna go nico collins he's projected for 11.85 if you need that 11.85 yep um, I got Brian Robinson for um, Fred projected for 11.1 going up against Chicago's defense. I'd like him to find the end zone at least twice. So that, say that again for me. Brian Robinson projected Brian Robinson. for 11.1. One. Um, <clears throat> this is tough. I'm going to, it's backfired on me last week, but I'm going to try it again. Um, <laughs> Don't do it, man. I never learn. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go Devonta Smith here. Um, he's been a back and forth. He's projected for 13.7, which isn't a bad stat line. Uh, but it seems like him or AJ Brown kind of go back and forth on who uh, kind of really has the pop-off game. Last week was um, AJ Brown, and um, I think this week could be Devonta Smith's week. I think the the Rams uh, second. I think it's going to be a shootout of a game, and I think it's going to be a really high scoring game. So um, I'm going to go with Devonta Smith sleeper. Like it. Huh. All right. <clears throat> we move on to hot seat. Um, I, I think I think there's just one that stands alone. There's just one. Yep. Yeah. So. Listen, uh, Gino, I am sorry to inform you, my brother. Um, you are alone. You are alone on the hot seat this week, my man. Um, 0-4, not looking good for your matchup this week. Um, here, here's to hoping your luck turns around, man. <laughs> we also, we also uh, um, since we are no longer doing the Hot Ones uh, Challenge, we need to come up with a new name for the hot seat because – um lizzie goblin yeah the glizzy gobbler of the week yeah the, the glizzy gauntlet maybe the glizzy gauntlet mm, it's not bad it's got it's got to be a name for a chair you know because the hot seat so you know mm, radar says the doghouse the doghouse Ooh, that's good thank you radar my boy looking out. My boy looking out. That's it. That's it. It's the doghouse now. Gino, right. welcome to the doghouse, buddy. <laughs> Gino, welcome to the doghouse. It's nice to have you here. All right, folks. Uh, time it is. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. 
I know we don't technically have mailbag, but I couldn't. I could not play it for commission. I mean, he's staying up so late for us tonight. Yeah, you all have to understand. It's almost midnight on the East Coast, and uh, Sam's going through it. We we normally start at about nine o'clock on the East Coast, and by nine fifteen, Sam is ready for bed. Sam is snoozing. If he, I half expect him to pull a blanket up most nights and just kind of cuddle up underneath it while we're recording. My man is ready for bed. That would be that'd be super cool. Um, do we do we have a mailbag for tonight? Um, let me look and see if there were any left over in the mailbag that I didn't notice, but I don't think so. I forgot to post it, fellas. I'm sorry. I, I charged, I challenged you all to submit more mailbags, and then I haven't even posted the mailbags. Oh, we have two from Mo that were left over. <clears throat> um, Kentucky Fried Cholo, what is the greatest revenge story you've ever witnessed or heard? Mm-hmm. Um, and second one, what would be the next ideal North American city? I think we've actually done that. One. We did, yeah, we did North American city. Yeah. So, revenge. what is the greatest revenge story you've ever witnessed or heard? I'm assuming this is. I'm assuming this is, like, not like a revenge story of celebrities. It's got to be people we know. Or have actually seen. I've got I've got a really, really good one. I'd love to hear it. Um <clears throat> so when I was in high school, um one of our one of the players on our team, uh, on our football team, um, who will remain nameless because this is verifiable through uh local media outlets, um they got involved with another player's mom who was also a teacher at the school and said mother got pregnant. It all started because the individual's uh, the individual whose mom got impregnated. um, It was like, it was like a really dirty hit on a practice play. And it was like, he came from behind um, and just absolutely cleaned this kid's clock. And he just took that very like Michael Jordan. I took that personal, took it very personal. Um, and then a few weeks later, ended up hooking up with his mom, who was a teacher at our school. So I just want to clarify it. So I think I heard you. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I heard you right. <laughs> you, this, you man heard. Got, <laughs> this man got laid out at practice mm-hmm. and probably stood up and said, I'm going to fuck your mom. I don't think I don't even remember what he said. I don't think he said anything. He was probably too dazed to say. Yeah, anything. and but but most people pop up and say some things like that. He actually then, and you said in a couple weeks in very quick order. Mm-hmm. Fuck the. She was mom. she was going through a divorce. She was going through a divorce, um, and that had I don't know that had been going on like most of the school year. Um. Yeah. And very quickly afterwards, it was right around. I know this because it was right around spring break. And then we came back, and boy, some news had, had popped off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, good luck topping it. <clears throat> um, but yeah. That, that's, that, honestly, though, that is a typical Bay County, Florida love story, to be quite honest. <laughs> like... We found love in a I hopeless tell place. You, I, can't, I can't tell you how common shit like that is is in Bay County, North Florida. 
I don't even know if I have any off the top of my head. Either that or I can't think of any, which is also... Uh... Okay, I got, I've got. i got one. Go for it. Um, not, it's not as good. Um, but it's, it's pretty funny. So when I was a kid, um, my dad, uh, he... He was from Colorado. His brother was um, he had, he was the oldest. He was the second youngest of seven, um, and so his brother was a couple years older than him. Uh, but they're the only two boys. They they had you know kind of a typical brother relationship. Um, but my my dad's brother, my uncle was a was a bit of like a drug addict, alcoholic, like was kind of just all over the place, um, and had done something. I my dad would never tell me what it was, but. I did something that pissed my dad off. And he's like, I'm going to get this motherfucker back the first chance I get. And he would always say, like, if I ever see him, I'm going to get him back. And I never, I was too young to really know, like, what was being said. But I just remember him saying that a couple of different times. And so my, uh, his, his brother-in-law, his sister had married this guy and he was a trucker. So every once in a while he'd come through Florida. And when he'd come through Florida, he would stop. Um, if he was on, if on the way, he'd stop with his big rig and park it in our front yard and let me go camp out in the big rig at night. I thought it was the coolest thing. But um, in an attempt to keep my uncle like on the straight and narrow, he brought him along with him for this you know cross-country <clears throat> trucking thing. And so they came and stayed with us for like a week. And they all are uh, Spanish descent. So they like, you know, try to like be you know, puff out their chest about who can eat the spiciest foods and stuff like that. And so, um, my dad go, my dad turned to, um, my, my, my uncle Eddie was the guy that, that was, um, the trucker and my uncle Bob was my dad's actual biological brother. And they were at the house and it was like, uh, it was like a Saturday night and he goes, or it was a Saturday, um, Friday night. And he goes, I'm going to get Bob back this weekend. Just watch. So we go to the flea market the next day and there's this stand that this, this lady is selling ch- um, salsa, like uh, fresh made chips and stuff. And Bob didn't have any money. So my dad was like, hey, I'll buy you the chips and salsa because it, like it was like the hottest salsa. And they were like all, you know, busting each other's chops like, you're too much of a wuss to eat this. You can't eat this. Like, it's way too hot for you. You know, whatever. So my dad goes, all right, Bob. Put your money where your mouth is. I'll buy you this salsa and the bag of chips. It was like a flea market. So it was like 20 bucks for this stuff. He's like, I'll pay I'll for the bill for this. Because he's like, he's like, ah, I'd try it, but I, it's, I don't have the money. Yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll buy it for you. But you got to eat the whole jar before you leave. This is Saturday afternoon. They're leaving Sunday, the next day at like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. You got 24 hours to eat this whole jar. He goes, oh yeah, no problem, dude. I'll eat this thing in like two hours. Not a big deal. <laughs> so he get back to the house and he opens it up and he starts eating out of it and he goes, Oh, whew. it's spicy, but it's it's really good. It's got some good flavor. It's got some good heat, but it's got some good flavor. So like he's he eats like, I don't know, like it's it's a standard like 16 ounce jar. So he eats like, you know, I don't know, two ounces of it. Like he makes a decent little dent in it. And he goes outside to have a smoke break. While he's out there, my dad and my uncle Eddie just go in the fridge and just start taking anything spicy they can find out of there. Hot sauce, other salsas. They got like um, any kind of hot spice they could out of the, out of the um, like, like the dry spices. 
and they just start pouring like mustard, all kinds. They start pouring shit in there to make it spicier, and they'd stir it up really good, so you wouldn't be able to tell while he's out smoking. So he come back in, and he's been drinking. He's he's drinking too, so he's like starting to get a little bit of a buzz. He's going in and out smoking, and every time he go out, they refill the thing back up to the top with more spicy stuff. So he gets to where he should have eaten about half of this jar. And he goes, I feel like I'm not even making a fucking dent in this thing. <laughs> and they're like, I don't know, man. Like, you've eaten a lot. I don't know what, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> and he goes, it keeps getting hotter. <laughs> it keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter. I don't know what's going on. At one point, he's like, I just need water. Please just get me water. <laughs> and he's like, I can't eat anymore. And he goes... <laughs> He goes, Bob, if you don't eat this, you owe me 20 bucks. He goes, I'll give you fucking $50 if I don't have to eat this shit anymore. <laughs> so this is like over like hour. I mean, we're talking hours. Like we got back probably like, I don't know, mid-afternoon and we're, it's like midnight. And so he finally goes to bed and he, they were staying in my sister's room. And it was like we shared a bathroom kind of in the middle. It wasn't like it wasn't doors in the middle, but like. I could hear him get up all night long and go into the bathroom. Get the bathroom door open and shut in the toilet flush all night long. And uh, he, they left. And Uncle Eddie called about three hours in and said, "Hey, we just we just got over the border into Georgia, and we stopped. And um, <laughs> Bob's been in the bathroom for about two hours. Should I go check on him?" <laughs> he shit himself. <laughs> embarrassed it was too embarrassed to come out of the stall so he just stood in there so finally eddie went in and was like i'll bring you clothes or whatever he brought him clothes they changed and they the next time they stopped was a couple hours later he had to shit again (laughs) and he like just disappeared (laughs) like literally disappeared for six months like he like just went to go to the bathroom (laughs) he just never came back out and Eddie waited for him for like three hours and was like, all right, I guess I'm leaving him. And he reappeared like four months later and was like, Dwayne, if I ever see you again, I'm going to fucking kill you. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he did to my dad. Um, but my dad said for years that if say, he ever like, saw where, where did the, I mean, that's a great story, but where's, where's the revenge come in? Where I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, to this day, like my dad died a couple of years ago, so I have no idea where it came from. And I was probably like 10 or 11 when this happened. Um, <sighs> It was super fucking funny. And then it was it's funny now, but I still have no idea. Uh, I just remember him saying for years, like, because we went to visit them in Denver one year, and I was like, where's Uncle Bob? And he's like, he's not here, and he's lucky, because if I ever see him, I'm going to beat his fucking ass. And I was like, okay, I don't know what he did to you, but uh, <laughs> y'all got some shit to work out. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> he worked it out. And it's a, I thought of one. It's going to be quick. Um, in college one year, this is about myself. Um, I had a, I had a cat in college, uh, Kelso. When we moved into the apartment, I paid the pet rent, you know, the pet deposit, all of that. Uh, about probably towards the end of <clears throat> the year, probably like March or April, something like that. Uh, no, it must have been later than that. Maybe it, yeah, April, April time frame. One of our the one of our roommates got got a, a puppy like a like a really just like without asking me just got came home there's a puppy in the house and uh 
I did not once a puppy in the house. Um, I was upset about having the dog because the dog was like not trained. It was awful. Destroyed the house, you know, carpets, all of that. And uh, so I'm just like big mad. And uh, we get a, a letter from the, the, the leasing office. And it's, uh, you know, it's like we gave him our 60-day notice or something like that. And it's like, what, what would have been better about your, your stay in the apartments, like what, what could we have improved? And I wrote on there, it would have been great if my roommate had paid his pet deposit for the dog and pet rent. <laughs> I turned it into the front office. The very next day, there's a an invoice <laughs> at our door <laughs> for the pet deposit and a uh, back rent for <laughs> missed months of the 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 pet yeah. the pet rental this? it's not important <laughs> what's important what's important is is that i get retribution <laughs> that's just so petty that's so petty <laughs> that is the that that is still though that is the most sam story i've heard yeah, like, yeah that yeah, is yeah. that is a hundred percent on brand for sam love yep. that for him <laughs> so just know that i was i got my retribution and uh, I'm gonna get mine. I felt, I felt, I felt validated. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna get mine. Don't you worry about that. Best, best believe that. <laughs> so, there we are. Yeah, well. and, uh, yeah, that takes us to the end of our show, folks. I hope, uh, hope you all uh, made it through with us to the end. And uh, you know what they say: keep those standards lower, and there's expectation. Keep those standards low, and there's expectations lower. And we'll see you all next week. I'm dead fresh, I might pull up in a casket You be looking sweet like a fucking fruit basket Spit a couple raps, I get a check and Johnny Cash Shit, I smash it, I let your mama rob my sunglasses I don't think nobody gonna fuck with me like I do You can be killing it, motherfuckers always talking But damn it, I'm hot I want to stunt. I make your salary thrice in a month. I pay your daddy to roll up my bus and he blow your allowance to pay for my lunch. You ain't with the shits. You ain't with the shits. You ain't with the shits.